Hey guys, J number two here. Thanks for joining us for another episode of That's a Wrap. Currently, the Raptors are 6-0, best in franchise history, and are about to face the Milwaukee Bucks, who are also 6-0. If you're listening to this episode after Game 7 of the season, hopefully the Raps will be the only undefeated team left standing. But before we do that, I want to share with you a special edition of That's a Wrap. I got a chance to interview Carmen Law, the co-founder of Lead Through Sport, which is an organization dedicated to creating equal opportunity for young female athletes, tapping into the potential of today's youth. You can find them online at leadthroughsport.ca, and you can find their social media handles in the episode description. As always, you can find us on Twitter at That's a Rap Pod, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us reach out to all you Raptor fanatics. All right, here's my interview with Carmen. What's up, Carm? Hey, Jason. <laughs> How's it going? Great. How yeah? are you doing? Oh, not too bad, man. Thank you so much for joining me uh, on the That's a Wrap podcast. Um, I was so excited that you're on board with this because I wanted to talk to you about so many different things. Um, you and I go way back, way back, like elementary school days. You and I used to play one-on-one basketball. You used to kick my ass. You probably still kick my ass right now. Uh, I was actually thinking a lot about that. I was like, man, what was the last time? Like, how far back do we go? And all I could remember was when we were playing one-on-one and I did not kick your ass. I just remember you backing down on me every time (laughs) and a little hook shot. Yeah. There, that's there, Jason the, goes. I had know, no stop for that. The greatest thing is that that's still my only move. I don't have, <laughs> I, I have nothing else. I haven't changed in what way. But yeah, again, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, uh, no I can't problem. Thank you my enough. pleasure. Um, I wanted to talk to you about a lot of different things. Uh, not only about Raptors, of course, but also about, you know, issues when it comes to the NBA and the difference between the WNBA. And of course, we want to talk to you. The reason why we're here. The reason why I asked you is because your organization leads through sport. Um, but before we do that, this is a Raptors podcast. I want to know your your thoughts on this year's Raptors, the Kawhi trade, the DeMar trade, the Dwayne Casey firing. I want to know everything. What is your thoughts, man? Oh, man, so many different thoughts. Um, honestly, Raptors, um, huge fan, huge, huge fan, and especially being a basketball player myself, uh, have to admit I'm also, I was a Leafs fan first, um, really? but uh, yeah, definitely a Raptors fan. So I've actually lost a lot of sleep uh, while <laughs> living in the UK because with yeah. a five-hour difference when the Raptors are playing at seven o'clock Eastern time, yeah. that means, you know, it's a midnight tip-off. So oh, God. Um, it's one of those things where... Yeah, but as a diehard, you have to stay up. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't matter. So, so you're pretty happy with the... Tavares trade too or not the Tavares the Tavares signing Signing. oh man that was unreal yeah um just uh, a great great person to have on the team and you know another leader to be on the team to help some of our young guns and so you know and with the leadership of Mike Babcock uh that's uh that's really great so real quick what do you think Neil Lennon is going to do Oh, I really hope he takes a team approach and Mm. you know takes a little less money and uh Hops back on the team because you know we need him. Yeah, really I just don't. I just don't feel like it's Nylander. I think it's his agent. But anyways, anyways, we're here to talk about. Yeah, Raptors. we're here to talk about Raptors. So yeah. you are for the Kawhi trade or or not? Oh, that one's a hard one in terms of for or against, right? I think um, you know losing Demar was definitely a tearjerker and a heartbreak. He was yeah. just the soul of the team and yeah. just an incredible 
leader, but I think he's in a good spot working with Pop yeah. Popovich, and you know he's an incredible coach. You know, won lots of championships, and you know w- what a great person to learn from. Um, I think sometimes we don't think often enough about our coaches and people who are the leaders and Mm -hmm. you know having an opportunity to work with someone so incredible like Popovich um, I think he's in a good spot yeah Um, for us um, that was you know um, a loss for us but uh, you know having Kawhi here he's already made such a positive impact yeah you know those MVPs it's a great start yeah right that's Um, true so you know I think very very exciting and just let's see what happens in terms of the team molding together and coming together and um you know playing some really fun basketball even the first you know three games i've been watching the ball movement has been quick and fantastic and you know people are um you know cutting the seams and you know we're making people scared so yeah and i know that mcdonald's is gonna give away a lot of free fries (laughs) this year so yeah Yeah, exactly yeah and and pizza pizza also too although they changed their promotion which i don't know regardless i didn't really eat pizza pizza i think it's gross but that's another story um championship or bust um i don't think so um i think it's really hard to say you know you gotta win a championship in one year when this is it is a new team, right? We got a new, you know, head coach, you know, Kawhi is now, you know, our, our number one player. And so, um, it is a new team. So I think it's hard to say, Oh, we need to win a championship in Mm -hmm. the first year. And I don't think it would be a bust. Um, I think Kawhi, you know, if we offer him a lot of different things outside of basketball and I think Toronto's a great city um, you know, if, it's a great team to play with. Um, you know, I, I think there's lots of good chances that he'll he'll stay, right? He's won some championships, so, you know, he can spread the love in terms of teaching our young kids and our up-and-comers, like, right. hey, this is what it takes to win a championship. Right, so. and it's not like he got traded to, you know, a, a Minnesota right now or even, like, a growing team like a Phoenix Suns or something. Like, you, you came to a competitor. You came to a number one seed from last year, and... It, it could be a complete change, but you have so many players that are in their prime. You know, you got Lowry, you got Ibaka, you got and you got young people who are going to be in their prime very soon too. So it's like it's a good situation for Kawhi. But again, we're not. I'm not going to speak for him. I think we're all kind of biased when it comes to Toronto because we love it so much, even though we don't really live there. We're in the outskirts of Toronto, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you, it it kind of when you play somewhere like Toronto, it's the representation of Canada. Um, of the diversity of it and of, you know, I, I'm very proud when people say, hey, you guys are so polite. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, we are. We are a really nice, nice, friendly people. And for someone to 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 have watched many, many, many years of failure from the, for, the, for the team uh, and to have someone like a, a top five player, it's, it's I, I hope that he wants to stay. I think we all do. I wanted to know what your background is when it comes to basketball. Did you play? Did you play in high school? Did you play in uh, university? Did you coach? Yeah, absolutely. So goes back to actually uh, when I first met you, Jason. In terms of being moving to St. Matt's, I was the new kid on the block um, at uh, St. Matthew's Catholic Elementary School. Um, when did you? What grade did you move in? Uh, grade six. Really? Yeah. Oh man. I've yeah. Been... 
And uh, we have our very famous teacher there, Mr. Uh, Baumgartner, who, you know, was very yeah. much about empowering female athletes as well, like yep. encouraging um, all girls to play basketball was his sport. And mm-hmm. um, I just remember he was incredible in terms of pushing me to try it as a, as a sport, play competitively. And, um, you know, for me, it was the rest was history because I love the game. I grew to, you know, put a lot of time and effort. And because I've played so much and I've interacted with so many teammates and coaches and spent so much time on and off the court, but thinking about basketball, um, I think it's really important for me to, to give back as well. Um, I played throughout high school, um, played in multiple OFSA tournaments and, um, it was so much fun. Um, and unfortunately didn't get to play in university, um, tore my ACL a couple times. Um, but, uh, you know what? Coaching, I think was my calling, especially being, you know, five, four can't get too far with, uh, you don't tell me a couple of times (laughs) on the mini net though, on the mini net. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, um, working with athletes has been so encouraging and it's very powerful and, um, you know, seeing a lot of like kids grow up and, um, continuing to play the sport, but even just being leaders on and off the court has been, um, very rewarding for me. And so I've been coaching for years and years, um, you know, coaching back at YSSK together, um, and then moving on, um, coaching in London for a little bit, actually traveled out to, uh, Thailand and coached, um, out there for, um, a summer and just doing some volunteer work. Um, so you've coached uh, all ages, all ages. Yeah. All ages and all over the world. And when I was in Vancouver, I was coaching out there. Um, and then when I was in Kingston, I actually, um, it was an incredible opportunity, um, ended up coaching, um, high school for five years and worked with some incredible people. Um, they have just such a great basketball community out in Kingston. Um, and then what, so what about it? What about coaching that you, did you like about it? Was it like the team camaraderie? Was it, uh, just being able to be a leader? Uh, cause I know that you were a point guard. So a point guard is almost like the coach on the floor. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's actually a great question. Um, for me, honestly, it's um, giving back to the community and giving back to um, a young group of athletes who are there to play basketball, but sometimes don't realize that it's more than just basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think being part of a team, there's so much you can learn um, in terms of respect, in terms of hard work, in terms of, um, you know, just teamwork in general and seeing how you can help each other and you know, be supportive of each other in times of a loss, in times of, you know, adversity. And it's really cool to see a group of girls, you know, evolve from the beginning of the year, moving from, you know, not knowing each other very well, or, you know, maybe playing on opposite teams in the past or whatever that might look like. And then at the end of the year, they are just, you know, potentially best of friends or just working very well as a team. And, and I think that's part of being a coach for me is it's not just about teaching basketball skills, but it is about, you know, growing, helping athletes grow and helping athletes, you know, recognize their potential. But, uh, it was just a lot of fun, um, being able to work with athletes, but 
also working with a team of coaches um, hmm. has been an incredible experience as right, well. Right, right. Because you're you're coaching a team, but your team of coaches is almost its own organism, right? You oh, have absolutely. Everybody on the floor has to work together, but everybody on the bench also has to work together too. Yeah. Like you can have you can have a head coach, but as an assistant or an assistant or even like an assistant to the assistant, everybody has to be on the same page. Oh, absolutely. Right? And there's so much strategy to basketball that I did not think about as much as a player. Like I think I thought about it for the most part as a point guard. Um, but when you are coaching, you really have to see every side of, you know, offense, defense, you know, how your players are doing, who's having a good day, who's not having a good day. Um, and, you know, I think I've learned a lot, even from being an assistant coach, you know, how do I compliment the head coach? Um, and then as a head coach, how can I, you know, work with a team that complements, um, that complements each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And so being a part and everyone playing an integral part, just based on the, their strengths. Right. Cause mm -hmm. everyone knows a lot about basketball, um, but it's how to come together yeah. as a team and, and how to read the situation. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I feel like as a coach, um, you have, to kind of teach your players not only the you know the ways of playing basketball but you have to teach them how to use those things that you've learned by playing basketball in the other world you know and other things outside of the court I feel like coaching is almost like and not almost it's basically teaching you have, oh, you're, you're teaching a lot of life life lessons when it comes to sports really mm -hmm. absolutely and that's why I think it's so important that you know especially for coaches it's not just about winning um you know, I think you can coach to win um, very easily in terms of, you know, here are the five, five of my best players and, you know, I'm going to teach them more advanced skills than, you know, maybe the other teams uh, just because we can, right? right. Um, a very simple example is, um, you know, teaching young kids how to play a 2-3 zone when everyone else is playing, you know, person-to-person um, -person defense just to win, you know that's not helping the kids mm -hmm. because they need to learn how to play proper defense. They need to learn how to, you know, execute. And, you know, just because you want to win and you're going to teach kids these things, it's, it's not helping them. Right. And mm -hmm. so, um, I don't know, I think in terms of for coaches and, you know, it's important to understand, like it's for the focus should be athlete development. Right. Um, you know, not just your yeah. your own winning record. <laughs> so I'm glad you didn't bring up man to man. There I feel like there is some sort of disconnect when it comes to uh professional athletes. So mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is the specifically the WNBA. And mm -hmm. I wanted to know your thoughts on many issues with the WNBA. And uh we can start with one, why there's such a gap between pay when it comes to uh, female or professional athletes in the WNBA versus NBA players. Because let me throw some stats at you, okay? So Stephen Curry, he gets about $34.7 million per year, okay? You got LeBron James who gets $33.3 million a year. And that's just their NBA salary. You're not thinking about... Uh, Under Armour that that Stephen Curry is not think about Nike with LeBron James. Now, if we go to the WNBA, the salary cap, just the salary cap per team is one hundred and ten thousand dollars. Now that's crazy to think about because the minimum for an NBA player is 
about $500,000. And that means that an entire team in the WNBA only gets about 20% of the minimum salary cap for an NBA player. And that, to me, that statistic is crazy. Even in the NBA ref, the NBA ref gets $150,000 salary. So why do you think there's such a pay gap between female pro athletes in the WNBA and NBA pro athletes? Well, Jason, I think I have a lot of thoughts on this one. So I'm going to give you the easy answer in terms of what everyone else will say. And this is not my answer, my personal answer, um, which is there's an audience. There's a demand. There's people watching the NBA. Um, they have people who are paying to watch. Um, you know, the arenas are getting filled, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's why these people can get paid so much. Okay. Um, I think just as even a very simple example of let's not even compare um, WNBA players to athletes. Let's even just compare teachers to athletes, mm-hmm. right? Um, how much are our teachers getting paid compared to professional athletes? Mm-hmm. Our teachers are the people who are educating our youth and they are the ones who are spending a lot of time you know, um, getting lessons plans together. And they're the ones who are spending extra time after hours coaching kids so they can be part of a sports team. So they can, you know, um, play and they can do all these different things. Right. And so I think that's kind of a, let's just look at society in that way first, in terms of, um, there are these gaps that we as a society are prioritizing, you know, professional athletes, male professional athletes, um, you know, in a way that is saying, sending mixed messages to people. Um, So I think that's just kind of one comparison. Um, And then so moving into kind of female athletes, I think the gap is huge. And I think a lot of people will argue, well, because there's no, people aren't watching, then that's why they're not getting paid as much because, you know, the income isn't being generated. But that's that can't be their fault. Like when it comes to you can't, nobody's watching you because there is no platform. I mean, there, for example, Canada doesn't have a WNBA team. There's hardly any advertisement when it comes to WNBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's kind of crazy when you think, oh, no one's watching. It's because you don't really give you give us a, a an avenue to watch. Yeah, and and that's that was exactly the point I was getting to is that you know if the media is not going to cover it, people can't watch it, right? And so um, the media, if they're not you know, um, paying attention to women's sports and they're not, you know, um, providing a platform and they're not providing um, these athletes or other people to see what they can do, you know, that's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's important for our young female athletes to have very positive role models and to be able to see... um, you know, hey, maybe I could make it into the WNBA. Hey, maybe this is a viable option for me. But, um, you know, a lot of actually the WNBA players have other jobs and they have other things. And that even goes closer to home. We have actually quite a few um, Canadian, the professional Canadian Women's Hockey League here. Um, There's actually a Markham team. um, There's a Toronto team and things like that. We actually 
interviewed a couple people um, in terms of they were professional athletes, but they couldn't play for a long time because they weren't being paid enough. Um, and hmm. they had to have second jobs. Some of them were teachers on top of being a professional athlete. So it's interesting and it sucks. Um, and I'm sad to say that, you know, I, I wish I got to watch more WNBA pl- uh, games because right. they are fantastic. Yeah. Holy smokes. Absolutely. Like there are some amazing players right now, like Kia Nurse, um, Asia Wilson. Like these are phenomenal players and mm-hmm. they're just so fun to watch i just i feel like there there's a thing that b- between when you say a female professional athlete and a male professional athlete i just feel like you should take away the gender these people are professional athletes mm-hmm. they can dunk they can run at, at speeds that you can't imagine these are pro- professional athletes and just because of their gender shouldn't automatically put them into a category where oh they're going to get paid this much because you play in this league no they train their entire lives for these kind of opportunities, which, mm-hmm. w- which is dedication, which yeah. is something that we do have to, you know, teach uh, the youth. And that you, if you put your mind to something, you can you can get it. But it's it's hard. It's it's hard for you know not not just youth, but it's hard for adult you know pr- professional athletes who aren't going to make a living with this, and especially if they've worked their entire lives to it. So I, I just feel that already right there when you when you have um, you tag them, oh she's a female, let's put her on this side. He's a male, okay, let's put her, put him up this way. You know, it's I, I feel like there there should be all automatically take away that gender, know them as professional athletes, and that's that. Yeah, I, I think that's a really great point. Um, I think. The challenge with with sport is that right now it is very gendered. Um, You know, people are split into two binary categories right off the bat, right? And so, you know, when we even talk about um, potentially, let's say, you know, transgendered athletes and where do they go, right? And Mm -hmm. I think there's even less coverage and there's even, you know, um, less, uh, you know, access and uh, to participation, for for athletes and so i think those are our challenges in itself as well so um you know a gender pay gap yeah absolutely um but also let's look at participation because i think that right there in itself Mm -hmm. is a huge challenge and i think a huge barrier for a lot of people and you know Mm -hmm. that's something that i worry about which is great because i wanted to lead right into the organization that uh you and um a good friend of yours, Natasha, who's who you you two have built this organization that is is female uh, empowering and focused on the youth and female athletes, and I think it's beautiful. So I want you to let us know. Tell us about Lead Through Sport. Yeah, absolutely. And Jason, I want to just thank you um, for allowing me to have an opportunity to talk about Lead Through Sport. No, pl- pleasure's on mine. Trust me. <laughs> um, so yeah, so. In terms of how we started, um, Natasha and I um, have both been coaching female athletes um, for years and years, um, and we've both played with and against each other. We actually started playing against each other. So um, I went to St. Augustine Catholic High School, and she went to St. Therese uh, Catholic High School, and we were, you know, uh, rivals back in the day. And so um, it's really cool to see, you know, the two of us now on the same side. Um, But you know, let's look at some stats from the beginning. Um, when I was playing 
um, high school basketball, which was many years ago now, um, you know, going into the Ontario basketball um, provincial tournament, so the OBAs, the provincial tournament, um, when we're looking at high school teams, we're looking at 90 plus teams, okay? Um, now, because there's been a separation division um, of teams, so there's been a greater focus on elite uh, teams. So there's now prep schools, there's now the Jewel Academy, there's all these different academies. Um, we're looking at the provincial tournament at about 30 to 40 teams. Okay. Hmm. So that's a significant drop in hmm. participation. Um, and so, you know, Natasha and I, we're looking at, you know, we are the average athlete. Okay. We love the game. We, you know, not quite, you know, elite enough to play at the next level, but love the game enough to continue playing intramurals and doing all sorts of things and, and still, you know, pick up a ball here and there and shoot around, which yep. is a lot of fun, right? Mm -hmm. And so the conversation that we had was, why don't more women do this? You know, the biggest question that I constantly have is when I step into a gym to play some pickup with a whole bunch of people, mostly guys, why do I need to be the one to prove myself for some guy to pass me the ball, whereas I can see there's a player next to me who has significantly less experience than I do. And, you know, not to be cocky, but can probably, you know, dribble circles around, you know, is getting more touches than I am, mm. right? How is that fair? Um, and that's creating an, an environment that's not comfortable for women to participate in, right? Like it's, you know, playing pickup sports is so much fun, but it's not inclusive of everyone. And it's not inclusive of especially women who have lots of experience and who can play, right? And who can participate. And so, you know, whereas guys, it's often very comfortable for them. Hey, I'm just going to play pickup. I'm going to play soccer, even though I've never played before. Or, hey, I'm going to go and play basketball, even though I've never played before, right? And so, you know, why isn't it for women that they're comfortable in their skin, in their skills, you know, in their abilities to go and play pickup with people, with guys, with other girls. And so it's just one of those fascinating things. And, you know, as we were looking at more statistics and we were looking at research, you know, um, cause who actually the Canadian association, um, uh, for women, uh, in sport, like they have actually been publishing quite a few articles on participation. So, you know, some primary times that women drop out of sport. So actually girls dropping out of sport, um, you know, and it's at that cusp of grades seven and eight um, and nine. If we don't catch them then, you know, uh, sorry, 10, 10 years old. And then we're looking at grades seven to nine. And then again, um, in around grade 12. So, you know, those are some prime times where we need to catch girls, you know, to make sure that they continue playing sport or else they just drop off and, right. you know, their activity level goes down and we know how much of an impact that um, it has for people, right? Like it's so important for women to continue to play, play sport. And so our organization is looking at, okay, what are some ways that we can encourage girls to continue to playing sport and that's leadership and that's opportunities to you know take on roles that benefit them in the future so we want to be able to have athletes recognize that sport is so much more 
than just playing at an elite level. It is so much more than, you know, making the university team, you know, keep playing, you know, don't let anyone tell you, oh, you're not good enough. Don't you think about yourself, you're not good enough. You know, think about it as, hey, I'm being, I'm playing because I'm part of a team. Hey, I'm playing because I'm learning communication skills, right? Um, and so that's what we're here for. And one of the um, big things that came out of the, the report um, in, t- in terms of barriers for female athletes is actually the lack of female role models and leaders. leaders. Um, and so the number of female coaches um, that coach, whether it be um, competitive level at a younger age or it's at the collegiate level or <laughs> even at the professional level mm-hmm. is very low compared to men. Um, and so we need to get you know more women into coaching positions. We need to get women into more leadership positions. And um, by recognizing that, you know, we're going to start at the foundation. We're going to start, you know, small and let's try to get more women in, in sport. And let's use, you know, sport as, as a vehicle to drive yeah. leadership. I love it. I love it so much. And I like how you brought up the trying to get yourself out of uh, your comfort level. Really, and I noticed that you have a tournament coming up called "Because We Can" three-on-three tournament, and I, I see it's it's kind of interesting that you do it as a three-on-three tournament because when you play a sport like basketball or in this in other cases like hockey, or um, it's, there's a comfort zone to it. So when you change it up to a three-on-three uh, tournament, it's it's almost like this is a way for you to kind of step out of the norm of playing a five-on-five basketball. And if you have only three players on your team, you have more opportunity to actually touch the ball and play freely. And another thing that I noticed that you have a rule is no coach and no parent is going to be on the court. Uh, they have to be up in the sidelines or up in uh, up in the, where the glass is so to watch to make sure that only the athletes are going to make the decisions without the influence of anyone around them. And I thought that was a great addition a small addition but a great addition because at such a young age like when you're saying around 10 years old these are very influential times and you look in your, right in your corner and you say oh someone else is going is telling me to go right or left or pass or something like that you're going to do it so if you eliminate all of that eliminate all the uh i guess the outside noise trying to make these female athletes to make their own choices is is very genius i think it's a, it's a great touch that that you're giving them that uh freedom Oh, thanks. Yeah. um, And that was, yeah, absolutely very, very intentional in terms of what we were doing there. Um, Yeah. And we so we named the tournament because we can um, is to encourage athletes to take risks. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, why are you going to do that crossover? Because we can. (laughs) Why are you going to do a reverse layup? Because we can. Um, You know, I think the the idea is a can-do attitude for our athletes and let's try, take risks, and it's okay to make mistakes, right? It's a three-on-three tournament and there's no hiding. Um, Just as you said, Jason, like you can absolutely get lots and lots of touches and, you know, we're here to play. We're here to have lots of fun um, and to build confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you're an athlete who gets maybe less playing time on a larger team, um, in a three on three tournament, you're, you're going to get lots of playing time right. and you know, you're going to score cause there's lots of, um, ways to do that. Right. And so, um, 
I think it's one of those tournaments where we want athletes to feel good about themselves mm-hmm. um, and to try new things. And, you know, they've been practicing and, you know, working hard and, you know, you need a stage to perform in. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. why not do it at a three on three tournament when the stakes are very low? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's incredible. And I, I think it's it's such a good uh, feeling to know that these types of tournaments and, it, and it's not just for, you know, a certain age or even a certain level. It's literally all ages, all levels. Like you said, with the, with a three on three tournament, um, you don't really see that very much uh, often anymore. It's all, it's always like you know you have to be in these leagues where you're going to play a five on five tournament, and it's like uh, you're going to have your coaches around. You're going to have all these team watching you. It's it's, it's a very um, self motivating tournament. I, I feel. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's great. Uh, another thing that you guys have um, for lead through sport is in the huddle. Yeah, absolutely. So in the huddle, so um, when you think about it, what do you do in the huddle? Talk to each other. You, you try to motivate each other. Yeah. Um, you guys are, you have your arms around each other. You're trying to like, all right, let's win this game. Or if you guys are down, he's like, doesn't matter. Let's, let's keep playing. Let's have fun. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, so in the huddle is a speaker series. Um, so we have five incredible women, um, leaders in their own respects and have a lot of different experience, um, in sport and in their careers to share their stories and to inspire girls. So that's why we called it in the huddle. Nice. Um, we wanted it to be, it is a very, um, um, quaint experience and, um, it is, a you know, we keep it to a smaller group. We try not to make the, um, group size too big because we want, um, athletes to feel intimate with the um, speakers who are coming to chat with us and chat with the, the uh, athletes. So we have um, five really great women um, who have agreed to come and chat with us um, or to the athletes and share their um, experiences. And the idea is it's very much an interactive um, experience for, for the athletes so that they get to to try new things as well. And Mm -hmm. they get to interact with the, um, speakers at, you know, a break or after the event. Um, and we want the athletes also to be communicating with each other. Um, so we have lots of different activities during the event as well for them to, um, you know, chat with each other and connect with each other. And so it's learning skills about communication, Mm -hmm. networking, um, you know, so it, it's a really great event. We were we had a sold out event last year, awesome. um, and so this year we have very few tickets left, yeah. um, but we still have a couple tickets. That's awesome. And ready. these and these athletes these these are athletes that also use their background with sport and brought them to another level of professionalism in in their own career. And they're kind of showing showcasing their how they got there via what they learn through sport and I think it's great because they're they're trying to tell these uh very influential kids who are thinking you know what I I can make it but just in case if I can't make it to an elite level that I may want to is there something else that I can do outside of sport but also using sport as a vehicle and so I think that these these five uh, incredible females are, are there to help help them recognize that at a young age which is very important I also noticed that you have something called the 52 strong. So 52, uh, assuming that it's there's 52 weeks in a year. So every week you're going to showcase a, a certain female athlete. Could you tell us about 52 strong? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So this is actually something I'm really proud of. 
Um, so the 52 Strong campaign um, started on January 1st uh, this year. And um, what it is, we highlight um, one female leader in our community uh, that has some relation to sports. So they don't actually have to be an athlete themselves. Um, you know, we want to recognize anyone, any female that's involved in sport, whether they're a manager, you know, whether they're a mother of, you know, six kids who all play sport, who is very supportive you know, of their kids driving them, they are very well aware of sports and very involved in in the sport community, right? Um, So we want to make sure that we recognize those people, especially, you know, even trainers, coaches, um, teachers. Um, And so the idea was to highlight um, women who have, you know, spent a lot of time in sport and have developed a lot of different skills um, in sport and how does that tie to their career? Um, the idea of it was really to show athletes, um, young female athletes, like, Hey, this is what you can do with sport. And these are all the transferable skills, um, through sport that can help you in the future. And here are all the different types of jobs that you can do in the future, right? Mm -hmm. We don't think about that often enough in terms Mm -hmm. of, Hey, this is something you can do. Um, you know, Myself, for example, I work in student services. I was a residence life coordinator um, for many years. And is that a job I ever thought that I would do, you know, coming out of uh, high school? Absolutely (laughs) not. Um, So I also wish that I had, you know, opportunities to find out, hey, what are some jobs? And what are some career paths that are out there that is not the traditional doctor, teacher, lawyer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is some ways just to highlight to kids, hey, there are lots of people out there doing really great things and this is how you can do it, right? And so, you know, we did highlight, yes, some really incredible national and elite athletes, Mm -hmm. but we also highlighted, you know, um, the everyday heroes, that was something that was very important for me was recognizing, you know, there are so many coaches out there who are dedicating, you know, lots and lots of time to making sure that, you know, again, there's growth in our youth and in our athletes. And I wanted to recognize them because it's so important to see that people are doing these things. We share too many negative stories. The news is always about negative stories. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, and all about the positive and all about recognizing people and, you know, giving credit to them. And so I wanted to find an avenue and a form where, you know, we are recognizing the positives that people are bringing to the table every single day. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we, you know, don't look up into the billboards and don't look up into all the advertisement. Look around you. Look at the the parents, the teachers, the uh the community, everything, all these, all these people are very influential and they are, they, these people are heroes too. And they, and if you recognize them, they can share their stories to other people who can, who would want to also open up about their own stories. And Mm -hmm. it just kind of, it keeps on going. And, and that's, that's what I love about something, what you guys are doing with Lead Through Sport. Before we end off uh, this interview, I want to know what your final thoughts, if, if you had, final thing that you want to say to these this youth and what you want them to to take out of this well okay first is a shameless plug i do have to advertise the um 52 strong campaign and because i do want to have lots of people take a look at it so check us out 
www.leadthroughsport. So through is T-H-R-U, sport.ca slash 5252 strong. Um, and check it, check it out. Read the stories. Honestly, like I had an incredible time meeting these women and chatting with these women, connecting with them. And it's been an incredibly humbling experience. So, um, you know, please take a look at what these women are doing because they're incredible. Um, and there's so many more people that we haven't even chatted with yet. So, um, but in terms of passing along, you know, um, with, um, female athletes or just athletes in general, young athletes in general. Um, I think it's very important to try um, just to always try and be confident in yourself. Um, you know, it's because oftentimes, you know, it's so easy to say no or to take no as an answer or, you know, um, have other people say uh, a comment or give something negative as feedback or whatever that might look like i think it's take that in take it as constructive regroup and move forward um it's so important to persevere and you know to bounce back um we as you know athletes and you know people right now it's easy to just kind of give up and but no i think we we need to keep going and we need to keep being strong and um, trying new things and taking risks, right? And so that's what's just going to make us stronger, so much stronger. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I know this is a Raptors podcast, but I want this to be a very inspirational to our youth athletes, female, male, doesn't matter. I want you guys to learn from someone like Carmen and be an influence to everybody around you. So thank you, Carmen. Thank you so much for this. Uh, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Lead Through Sport. We'd love to know what you guys thought about this episode. And if you'd like to hear more interviews, hit us up on Twitter at That's A Wrap Pod and share your stories with us. But for now, that's a wrap. Talk to you guys next time. Later.